0: Friends, welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host, and the website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. And uh, like always, it's uh, my great privilege uh, to be able to spend this time with you to be able to study the Bible, and I just feel so blessed and uh, so grateful uh, to be able to do this. And I'm so uh, thankful for all of you who helped me make it possible each and every month through your generosity, through your prayers, and uh, for taking the time to actually participate and listen uh, to the study itself. So thank you so much for tuning in. We are looking at resuming our study in the Gospel according to Luke. We're ready for chapter 23. Last week we were at 22 where Jesus was arrested. And chapter 23 deals with his uh, conviction and crucifixion. Uh, So that's what we'll be looking at today. Um, It's around 40 some verses, I believe. So kind of in that middle range as far as how long it is, uh, 56 verses. And uh, so I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that we would all be blessed and that your hearts would be pierced and uh, that we would all draw even closer to God and all the more near to his son uh, through the study this morning. All right, my friends, let's begin. We'll be reading from the King James Bible, chapter 23, verse 1. And the whole multitude of them arose and led him unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him, and he said, Thou sayest it. Then said Pilate to the chief priest and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And they were the more fierce, saying, He stirreth of the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning with Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he was serious to see him of a long season, because he had heard many things of him, and he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Then he questioned with him in many words, but he answered him nothing. And chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him, and Herod with his men of war set him at naught and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him again to Pilate. And the same day Pilate and Herod were made friends together, for before they were at enmity between themselves. And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people, said unto them, Ye have brought this man unto me as one that perverteth the people, and behold, I have examined him before you, have found no fault in this man, touching those things whereof ye accuse him. No, nor yet Herod, for I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of his death is done unto him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. For the necessity he must be released one unto them at the feast. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man and release unto us Barabbas, who for a certain sedition made in the city and for murder was cast into prison. Pilate therefore, willing to release Jesus, spake again unto them, but they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. And he said unto them the third time, Why? What evil hath he done? I have found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. And they were instant, with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them and of the chief priests prevailed. Please note that in the Matthew uh, version, the people not only say all this, but they also go on to say, His blood be on us and our children. Which is uh, basically them pronouncing a future prophecy and curse upon themselves, which we all know came in 70 AD. Let's continue on. And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. And he released unto them that that for sedition and murder was cast into prison. Whom they had desired, but he delivered Jesus to their will. And as they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenean, coming out of the country. And on him they laid the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. Before we continue, uh, I feel led, I guess, to just mention uh, the type in shadow here, you know, Barabbas, the murderer, the sinner, the one who deserved death, goes free, while the lamb, spotless, without blemish, would be executed on behalf of the whole world for the world's sins. And Barabbas is kind of representative of that scapegoat that you read about in Leviticus chapter 16, verses 7 through 10. And uh, we ourselves are like the scapegoat in that we were set free even though we are worthy of death. Whereas Jesus, the spotless lamb without spot or blemish is sacrificed in our spot. And uh, we just need to really you know, sometimes we've heard these stories so often you know, uh, because it, it's so pivotal, it's, it's 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 like a cornerstone of the Christian faith, and we become kind of we almost become kind of numb to the just the magnitude of it, the the size of it. Uh, it we just we've heard it so often that we just kind of our eyes just kind of glaze over, and it's really really important that we always try to take a fresh look at this, and remember. What was done for you, and that you are no better than Barabbas, and neither am I. And we were set free, and he died in our place. And everything about our faith hinges on that belief, right? Anyway, let's continue on. Verse 27. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus turning unto them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming, in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in the green, what shall be done in the dry? Please note, let's think about this for a second. Remember, I told you in the Matthew account, they say his blood be on us and our children. And sure enough, it was. And so these the women are following and they're lamenting the fact that Jesus is bearing this cross and, and carrying it up to his crucifixion. And he turns to the women and he says, Hey, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves. Because there's a day coming. There's a day coming when it it the, the ones who didn't bear children will be the blessed ones. The ones who didn't have children to see. Uh, these terrible things happening to their children. And then he says a statement that's really stuck out to me this morning. Uh, A statement that really kind of sends a shiver up my spine when I think about my country. And those of you who live in other countries, you can relate because at, at this point, it's not much different anywhere, is it? But he says, for... He says to weep on weep for yourselves for the days going to come, you know, when the people who didn't bear children will be the ones that are blessed, and it's going to be so bad that people will be begging for the mountains to fall on them, right? And the hills to cover them, right? And then he says this statement verse 31, for if they do these things in the green tree, what shall they do in the dry? And here's kind of what I was thinking and what kind of how I kind of you know, translate that in my mind I'm just going to use the United States as the example because that's where I live I look at the U.S. and I look at how people have acted and how people act and I think about some of the things that's happened in the cities in America this year and just and I think about how people act in a shopping center I think about how people act on you know when it's a normal year and we have black friday and they 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 stampede each other for electronics i think about how people will kill each other for a pair of tennis shoes i think about how evil people are willing to be and this is how they act during a time when there's not a food shortage right when food is in abundance where even the poor among us are rich compared to some people in other nations. And so this is how people will act when they're not starving to death, when they're not freezing to death, when there's not war in the streets, how are they going to act when the famine comes, if the system crashes, if there's an actual economic collapse? If there's actual war on our soil. How, I mean, if they're willing to go to these extremes and do this amount of evil when things are fairly reasonably well. How much worse will they behave when things aren't well? That's what came to my mind when Jesus said that. He's telling the women to weep for themselves. Because the day is coming when the barren will be the blessed ones. The day is coming when the hills are, when people are going to beg for the mountains and the hills to come on them. For if they will do these things in the green tree, if they will do these things when things are seemingly good, what shall be done in the dry? Let's continue on. Verse 32. And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the malefactors one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them, to write him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answered, rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou come into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Please note, I really... Love the story of the thief on the cross. Because there's just so much that's... It's, it's encouraging. Because the thief on the cross is bad as death, right? He has no more time to go and live a good life. Right? He doesn't have time to go kind of clean himself up or go see a pastor and maybe get baptized or... Yeah. he's just, He's at the end. And he acknowledges... Who Jesus is. He has the fear of God in him. That's why he says to the other one, Do you not fear God? We deserve what we're getting. This man doesn't. And then he acknowledges Jesus as Lord. And he says unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And that conversion right there on the cross leads to him joining Christ in paradise. Because Jesus says, hey, today this very day you're going to join me in paradise verse 44 and it was about the sixth hour and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was rent in the mist please note I always find that so interesting and we can speculate what this what that means and what it looked like and what was the cause of it the important thing to know is that the Whole earth was covered in darkness as this began to happen it doesn't say, it's interesting it doesn't say that Jerusalem was covered in darkness it literally says the whole earth and it was about the sixth hour and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour and the Sun was darkened and the veil in the temple was rent in the mist and of course we all know that veil is kind of like what separated the people from the holy place Let's continue on, verse 46, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice saying, Father, into thy hands I command my spirit. And having said this, he gave up the ghost. Now when the centenarian saw what was done, he glorified God saying, certainly this was a righteous man. You have to remember all the things going on around this situation. I <laughs> mean, they would have saw this, this darkness that covered, right? And all the people that came together to that sight, beholding their things which were done, smote their breast and returned. And all of his acquaintances and the women that followed him from Galilee stood afar off, beholding these things. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and a just. The same had not consented to the counsel and the deed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews. Who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. It's important to note that, you know, this man, it, it, they're saying he, he was part of the religious system, but he did not consent to the evil that they were doing. And in fact, he was one of those, like many of us today, right? Who long, who wait, who are, who are waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went unto Pilate and begged for the body of Jesus. And he took it down, and he wrapped it in linen, and he laid it in a sepulchre that had been hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath due on. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after, and beheld the sepulchre, and how his body was laid. And they returned, and prepared spices and ointments, and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. And that my friends is the end of Luke chapter 23 and the end of our study this morning again i pray that you've been blessed that uh that the words have pierced your hearts that it's uh, that you i pray that you heard the story this morning anew right and i just uh i you know i just continue to be very grateful that's kind of a spirit that i've just had on me lately is just a spirit of gratefulness and thankfulness uh, to just uh, just to have the privilege to do this and to have such great access to god 's word and to be able to do this study with all of you and I like to also just remind everyone that you know I, when I do this I don 't think of myself as like the authority or the teacher or anything like that. I think of myself as a Bible study leader. you know we come together we study the scriptures together and I just lead the study. That's it. That's it. I'm not a pastor. I'm not any of these things. I'm just a guy who's just been blessed with the opportunity to record this podcast for the last six years. Uh, Going on seven, something like that. I'm very, very grateful. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.